All right, welcome, good people, to Critical Mess. This is the podcast where three dudes in the ad business discuss movies and uh, the ones in particular that critics and audiences don't agree on. I am Nick Honeywell. I'm here with my two distinguished co-hosts, Mr. Grizz Griswold, otherwise known as Andrew, and Mr. Brian McCullough. Say hello, gentlemen. Hey, how's it going? This is Brian here, and uh, looking forward to a very chill next hour of friendly conversation. It's going to be yeah. easy listening. Easy. Listening. Yeah. Hey, everybody. This is Grizz. This should be a great debate. So, um, to get to get started here, guys, quick icebreaker question, just to just to just to loosen up, right? Just to just to just to get the brain working. So here's what I want to know, guys. What's your favorite Arnold Schwarzenegger film? And why? Uh, uh, I'm going to say, oh man, my favorite film that he is in is Terminator 2. But my favorite performance of him in a movie is True Lies. Oh wow, that's a great pick. I just came up with that. Yeah, no I was going to say Terminator 2, but I totally forgot about True Lies. I, I have to say Terminator versions. 2 for sure. Yeah, I and and you know I'm 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 not even kidding. I I did not even really prepare for this icebreaker. Kindergarten so cop. I well, that was that was in my second slot, but I I think it might be True Lies. I really do think that's a great choice. That is one good fucking movie that holds up every bit today and, and as every bit as good as as when it was released. So, um I think that's a great choice. I mean, obviously Predator, Terminator 2 or, you know, way up there but, hey and yeah. shout out to jamie lee curtis for winning the oscar just now i mean she was great in, in true lies and uh you know i'm not saying i think she should have won this year but good for her jamie lee she earned it yep i have not yet seen every there everything everywhere all at once yet so i need to check that one out hot I, take don't waste your time oh, oh shoot boy. i you know honestly my expectations I just lost of that, all credibility <laughs> my expectations of this film are so sky high from everybody yelling and screaming at me to go see it so i would probably have the same review so before we jump in here, as always, there will be many, many spoilers in this episode, uh, so you have been warned. With that said, tonight we are talking about a film, or maybe I should say the film, that started a million flame wars, The Last Jedi. Um, Brian, um, you're going to have your work cut out for you here tonight, because Grizz and I are, are going to go hard, hard in the paint on this one. I can guarantee you that. I fully embrace it, and, you know, I, I welcome it. It'll be a vigorous debate. Yeah. Uh, but seriously, fuck this movie and the time it took for me. Uh, anyways, um, sorry, there will be there will be more time for me to say my piece. But this, this film, uh, just for a little bit of context for everybody, it, it came out uh, just before the Christmas holiday in 2017, directed by Ryan Johnson, who was um, kind of a, a younger director who, you know, was kind of trying to prove himself with this film and, um, in many ways, and some might say he did and some might say he didn't. It stars Mark Hamill, Carrie Fisher, Adam Driver, Daisy Ridley, John Boyega, Boyega excuse me, Oscar Isaac, and Brienne of Tarth. It made more than $1.3 billion worldwide on a budget of somewhere between $300 and $350 million, so obviously a pretty major success. It's obvious why they keep making these movies. Um, it has a, I would say, uh, somewhat startlingly high 91% rating uh, with uh, the goofball critics and a, a still too generous 42% with audiences. Um, and I, I'm sorry for all the editorializing right up front here, I, but I can't help myself. Um, it, and it does hurt to shit on Star Wars for me. And, and we're going to actually talk a little bit about that um, and why why that is. Uh, because, you know, I, I think I can say for for pretty sure that all three of us 
love in one way or another the Star Wars franchise. And let's just talk a little bit about why we have such love for Star Wars and how that began. And, and you know, let's just let's give a little bit of context there. Well, I'll, I'll start. <clears throat> um, Brian here. And uh, I don't think I've ever met anybody in real life who has been a bigger fanboy of Star Wars than, than me. Um, you know, I discovered it when I was a kid. Every every sick day from school, I would rent the trilogy. Rent, I say rent, um, borrow it from the, the the people across the street who were basically a blockbuster, and watch the entire trilogy. Um, I uh, have seen every movie countless times. When the prequels came out, I waited in line a week before Episode One came out for eight hours to get a ticket. Um, I've seen every episode of the Clone Wars, Resistance, Rebels, um, Mando, Boba Fett. Um, did I say Clone Wars? Yeah, there's a lot of episodes there. I put together the models. Um, I bought the toys. I still have a lot of my action figures. I passed it on to my kids. I played Dark Forces to, to, for countless hours. Rebel Assault, Rebel Assault 2, TIE Fighter, X-Wing, Jedi Knight. Um, Nerd. The, the arcade trilogy. I was waiting for that. Um, so, and, and I continue to watch them um, very, very frequently. So Star Wars has been a huge part of my life for my entire life. Other than the Middle Earth universe, Star Wars is my, my most cherished um, sort of franchise universe. And um, I think if I, if I could sum up why I love it so much, it would be in the uh, Darth Vader, Luke Skywalker sort of redemption uh, story that culminates at the end of, of Return of the Jedi. That is the kernel that that gives this entire franchise life for me. It is hard to distill it into one thing, but but that's where, where I distill it. So yeah, super, super, super huge Star Wars fan. Um, short of reading all the crazy Timothy Zahn books. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, I'm. I, w I wouldn't say I'm a casual watcher of Star Wars, but I definitely think these films obviously came out in the '70s and '80s. I was born in the late '80s, and I had older brothers and cousins that turned me on to this entire franchise. So I think there was a a strange gap there to kids that were born in the late '80s, early '90s that they grew up in a completely different generation for Star Wars. They grew up on the prequels, and they kind of had a mixed review of the older films as they, you know, they kind of remembered or had them as their childhood. Uh, so I definitely have a younger take from this perspective. Um, I definitely wasn't a huge fan, but I didn't read or watch any of those extra films, but I definitely respect a lot of these uh, going back and knowing how much of the lore and all that stuff makes sense. But I tried to look at these from a, at least from a critical standpoint, because I don't think I have as much love for the originals as a lot of fans do. So it should be interesting to see what my thoughts are for the newer ones. And I, well, first of all, I, I just, I guess I just kind of assumed Grizz that you just like love star Wars. I guess I didn't really even ask you that question. I just kind of assumed that, that everyone kind of has some sort of love for star Wars, but, but a lot of people actually don't. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, I had all of the toys thanks to my brother and cousins and stuff like that. And my uncles, who were even into it. So like I was definitely around it. I have a, a massive fandom around. I watch a lot of podcasts about it and stories every time a movie or show comes out. Um, and I, I think I've watched most of the shows minus animated. I'm not a huge fan. I can't get into animated shows. So I don't think I've followed Clone Wars or any of those extra rebels and all those things. Uh, I'm sure there's some great, I've heard unbelievable reviews about that stuff and it helps add to the lore and story of everything. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, it should be interesting to see what you guys think of these newer films versus the, the old school, you know, 70s and 80s first trilogy. Yeah. Yeah. You like Star Wars. You didn't love it. That, that, that makes sense. Yeah. For me, um, yeah, Star Wars was 
was just a, a really important part of growing up. I had, um, you know, my, I remember I had my, my uncle's, you know, like original action figures. I had that Darth Vader head, you know, box. That's probably worth a shitload of money now. I mean, if it's, you know, in decent condition, um, you know, that had, you know, slots for each individual, um, character. And I had, you know, a bunch of toys, of course. I, I remember, you know, I had um, the movies, my parents taped them off of, um, TV in the early eighties, uh, for me, I guess, and showed them to me all the time, just kind of in my formative years. So I just remember watching those tapes over and over again. I too remember, uh, going to the Phantom Menace and, and camping out. I don't know how many hours it was, but it was, might not have been eight, but it was, it was hours. Shout out uh, to my mom. Uh, she let me skip school that day. It was a Wednesday and let me skip school just to go buy that ticket. Oh, my, wow. My, my buddy who waited in line equally eight hours, his dad came by in the IPL truck right at the end of the wait and caught him skipping and took his ticket away. Wow. Talk about it. That's epic, punishment. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what, I had some sort of arrangement going on too. Like, yeah, I don't know if I was, I don't, I don't know what it was, but yeah, because that was, it was a late night. Um, but anyways, yeah, I was, I was on that level and I also, you know, I played, you know, actually gaming was a huge part of my Star Wars love. I did a lot, you know, I also played Dark Forces. I played all the Battlefront games. Um, I love the Battlefront games on, on, um, PlayStation 2 in particular. Um, so yeah, I, I just have a deep love for Star Wars, especially the, the original three movies, uh, but to some extent the, the other stuff. So this is really interesting. I love how big of a Star Wars fan you are and I am. Because we both are on such opposite ends with this movie, that, that yeah. that's going to be an interesting kind of thing. It's not like one of us doesn't care about it at all, and right. the other one does. Right. So. There's no apathy here. Yeah. 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 So let's let's get into this shit here. Let's let's do it. So, I like it. Can so, I can I ask a roundtable real quick? Uh, yeah, yeah. Can I can I? Well, first of all, I want to give a real quick ranking of my my Star Wars movies, oh, yeah, and yeah. then I want to ask let's you guys uh, what your favorite Star Wars movie is. So there have been eleven theatrical releases, starting at number eleven, a distant number eleven, The Rise of Skywalker by far the worst Star Wars movie. I don't think it's a movie. I think it's a two and a half hour uh, highlight reel. Uh, number 10, Attack of the Clones, episode two. Number nine, The Phantom Menace, episode one. One of the biggest disappointments of my entire life, almost on par of finding out Santa Claus is not real, uh, realizing wow. and accepting that The Phantom Menace is terrible. And yet, ironically, it has probably the most boss lightsaber fight by far of any of the Star Wars movies. And in fact, I would say is easily in my top three moments in Star Wars in, in the whole canon. I, 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 that moment to me is deeply, deeply powerful. A lot of it's the music. Um, cool. Amazingly Thanks. choreographed though. Um, and just, and, and they got away with some pretty decent violence for a, a movie with, was it PG? I think so. Yeah. Which was interesting. I don't disagree with you. And yet it remains number nine because that doesn't equal a good movie. Uh, yeah, it was a, a fat turd overall. I mean, there's I don't think we're disputing that. And then rounding out uh, the, the original three, Revenge of the Sith, uh, which is episode three. That's my eighth take out of 11. Uh, number seven, Solo. Number six, The Force Awakens, which is episode seven. Uh, number five, Return of the Jedi, fifth best Star Wars movie. Uh, I'm going to say number four is Rogue One. Rogue One's a sleeper. I think it's a really well done movie. Um a lot of why well, I'm not gonna not gonna dissect all of these, but um, I would I would have a side discussion about Rogue One. Uh, number three is our movie, The Last Jedi. I'm gonna put that the third best Star Wars movie of all time, The Last Jedi. Uh, number two, A New Hope, and number one, Empire Strikes Back. Number two and number one, very very close. There's a little gap between one and two, and then three, The Last Jedi. So, uh, Grizz, interesting. That's a great take. Favorite Star Wars movie. Uh, it's got to be Empire. I think Empire was hands down 
the best. And then I'll I'll be honest, like I have a hot take of the second being Force Awakens over New Hope for a lot of different reasons. But it mainly, uh, I go back and watch the original so much that I, I cringe at the acting and a lot of the, just the the script of it, just the the overall tone of it was just strange. And like, the, I think the acting was a big one that I just, it took me straight out of just the experience of it. And I don't have like a personal experience of going and seeing it in the theaters or like anything crazy. Um, so I think that's what I loved about the new refresh of um, Force Awakens, that it took mostly the same beats, put in a lot better actors and with better effects, all those things kind of added up to a better experience for me. Because, I mean, it's hard to go back and not have that same visceral experience that everybody else had when they went and saw it in, what, 77, the original? Okay, but now, I don't want to get too too deep here. The reason that I went on that ranking the 11 was in service of this film, The Last Jedi. I wanted people to see where I slotted it in all 11 movies. And, so can I, I just say I'm, I'm deeply disturbed? I, I want to make sure that we, we we stay on The Last Jedi here. But, but Nick, I'm glad you're disturbed. I see you sitting there very uncomfortably. What would just squirming? Just real quick, your favorite Star Wars movie? For me, it's like Godfather one and two. You know, it's it's New Hope and Empire, and it's just catch me on a different day. And 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 to me, also, Return of the Jedi is a is a is a is a decently close third, and then everything it's just a sheer a cliff, just a so sheer really, drop off. So really, you're disturbed that Grizz did Grizz put the Force Awakens above a New Hope. I think that's a bigger sin than me putting the last. I think you third. both have some big fucking problems. <laughs> Hey, at least my one and two were correct. All right. All right, guys. So here, here's what we need to do now. We have a formalized ranking system, okay? Um, and I think to set the tone here, we, we need to go ahead and, and drop our number. So go for it. Yeah, go ahead, Brian. I want to hear this. 93. Oh, my Lord. I'm at the 45. Third, the third best Star Wars movie of all 40. time. How am I not going to give it a, a good a high rating? I give it 93. To you. You're at 45? Okay. Yeah, I'm at 45, okay. and I will straight up say I've watched this three additional times in the last few weeks in prep for this. And it has grown on me just slightly from a high thirties to that 45. Good for you. Open so, mind. I like yeah. to, I like to hear that. Yep. Nick. Yeah. I feel like I'm seriously being really generous. Cause I really do enjoy just star Wars. It means so much to me, but I'm, I'm going to give it a 21. Uh, I, I think that it's, you know, clearly I hated it. I'm not going to say there wasn't, absolutely anything redeeming about it we'll get into that a little bit um, hey our scores are, are logarithmic or exponential or what do you call it yours is half a grizzis and grizzis is half a mine so mm. we're you know we're, we're trending we're getting somewhere i guess math. yeah <laughs> um so i was trying so hard for a math joke there i've always been bad at math i'm bad at math jokes <laughs> yeah, i can't you know there's i had nothing I, was, I waited i was like you say, you gonna... I, I tried I, I had nothing all right let's jump in let's jump in so I, I think let's let's start right right at the beginning, okay? Um, to me, you know these these films. I, I think that the the way this film opens is kind of indicative of the bigger problem, or at least part of the bigger problem that I have with this movie. And it feels like a, kind of just a a sort of a you know desperately trying to recreate the sort of um, magic of the original films with the exact same kind of shot. With the, and I know they, 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 you know, that's kind of a Star Wars trope. They do that in all the movies. I get that. Um, well, I guess not all of them, but, you know, that's, that's something that, that's typical. But, you know, the opening on the, on the, the Star Destroyers and the, you know, just, it, it's, it, it, like many things in this movie felt like total fan service 
wasn't interesting, didn't do anything uh, new or creative. It just felt like a very meh Star Wars expected typical opening for me. Really? Was it General Hugs? Wait a minute. Is that what did it to you? <laughs> so I loved The Force Awakens started with a, literally a Star Destroyer crawling across a moon. In this one, we didn't get that, did we? Uh, don't they all start with a slow moving ship in space? Isn't that uh, like a. Does a, everyone? I should know that. But I should know I, that, but I, I feel like I, that I, is a thing. Most of them do. Yeah. yeah. The, the, well, no. Empire Strikes Back starts. Well, yeah, yeah it does. It starts with the, the ship and then the probes go down to Hoth. But yeah. um, in, I, I actually felt like this one didn't start as similarly, but maybe I'm misremembering. And it's really interesting that you said that, the, that there was fan service here because I feel like that's what this movie was lacking. So I'm, compared I'm, uh, to some of the other new ones, I think the other newer Star Wars movies did did worse offenses for the fan service thing. I will okay. see that for sure. I mean, we definitely started in space with ships. So yeah, de- okay, I see where you're coming from. It's yeah. definitely a, about 0.05% of my problem with this movie. So <laughs> we just needed to start at the beginning. I'm wondering if we, so do we, do we want to just linearly go through this movie and and say everything we hated about it or do we because because i kind of i I, i've arranged my thoughts differently i've I've looked at it from a more you know here are here are three main almost like i wrote a thesis like these are the three reasons i love this i'm I'm happy to go go all the way through it um but maybe i let you go through it and sort of give your points uh and then maybe kind of reply respond i guess after that i don't know yeah no I think I think we can. Um, yeah, I don't just want to go through and linearly talk about the movie because that that's that's boring. Um, but I do think it's you know I'm I'm happy to just kind of start talking about some um, some bigger themes and, and and you know bring up specific examples of that of the type of stuff. And that's another thing too. You know, I think unlike some of the other movies we're going to talk about, people are going to be really familiar with this movie. So you know we don't need to you know. Um, and that's my thing. I think th- I think more thematic thematic elements is is maybe what we should kind of touch on the most. Other than because yeah, every, everyone has has an opinion and has heard people debate this movie ad infinitum. So you know we don't necessarily need to get into the weeds there. Yeah. So if you um, guys, I went in order of just major beat scenes. Almost, I went just straight down the list from top to bottom of the things that kind of happened, and then I broke down roughly where I thought the first act was second act, third act, kind of the halfway point things like you were talking about. So maybe Brian, if you want to kick it off or Nick with how you, the overall story, and then we can kind of run into some of the smaller beats. I would like Nick to keep going. Yeah. I, I want you because I feel like you have your thoughts structured out. Oh, so. Yeah. I think, I think I can accomplish um, two birds with one stone here. I think I can, we can get some, some thematic things and start talking about um, some specific things toward the beginning of the movie. So for me, Let's just let's just get into what I think is is maybe the biggest problem I have with this movie. It's like a top three problem, if not the biggest problem. And for me, it's that the the tone of the film is off, and I and I and it feels confused. It feels very confused. And I think in particular, the um the 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 humor. Like for for example, toward right, it's one of the first lines in the movie. Um, General uh, hugs, of course, yeah makes this sort of like, you know, I can't hear you Verizon guy, you know, joke. And it's just like tonally dipping into a Star Wars movie, like, you know, someone who holds those first three movies in such high esteem, like you would never get anything like that. And there was some humor and some levity in those movies, but it wasn't in that sort of kind of, you know, just sort of cheap one-off 
jokey way that's just meant for a cheap laugh, you know? And and I think that happens throughout this movie over and over again. And it jumps back and forth from these goofy little jokes where like Luke's milking a fucking alien, you know, and making a goofy face at Ray to the next scene where we've got, um, what's his name? Fucking Snoke, you know, with the, his lightsaber blade to Kylo's neck. You know what I mean? And it's just like this, the, the tonality of it to me, it jumps around way too much. It feels really inconsistent and it just like makes me uncomfortable and I can't settle into the movie kind of when it just jumps around like that. And it just feels off to me. So the humor took you out of it. I think it's a little deeper than that, but, um, that is a part of it. Part of it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, I only mentioned that because we've talked about before about like, remember we were talking about with Rocky, like, Sometimes you can't help when something takes you out of a movie. And I absolutely can see where you're coming from with that because those first jokes with Hux and Poe were not good and tonally were very strange. Now, you know, at risk of getting too granular, you know, I think instead of that being a case of bad joke writing, I think that's a case of lazy writing because the purpose of that scene was to show that Poe was, you know, uh, delaying things so that he could get into position. So there was a reasoning behind him yes. making that dialogue go further. but. You could have done it in a better way that didn't result in in being taken out of the movie. Um, the blue milk scene, I still think, is absolutely gold. I love it. Curmudgeon Luke wiping that with that grimace look. Wipe off. Oh, so funny. We're gonna so get into good. it. Oh my so lord. That's, that's actually. I mean, that's a. We're gonna get into it. I, I can't wait that's, because that's, because I think that that the curmudgeon Luke is uh, rounds out the best story arc of all nine um, episodic movies. Uh, is, is Luke's that. character arc. So, uh, but anyway, I, I see where you're coming from with the tone and, um, I can't disagree with you. I think you're right for sure. Yeah. I mean, for how explosive and action packed and like loud that opening scene was and how goofball they created the general Hux character and like how he went from this incredibly dominant, like Nazi speech that he had at the end of force awakens. And then he goes to this like washed up, goofball and the entire film. So I think his character was completely wasted in general, but that opening scene with the hugs thing, that was definitely totally off. Did I think you laugh when he said, excellent. They're like Snoke's on the line. He's like, excellent. I'll take it in my chambers. Like just trying to save face. And then all of a sudden Snoke's just right there. I thought that was a little funny. There was, I'm not going to say this movie wasn't kind of funny. Okay. There was some funny stuff. I yeah. definitely chuckled a couple. There were some clever jokes in the movie. I didn't, it's just yeah. like I didn't fucking want them there. Sure. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think it, it's hard because you look go back to Empire and there were little quippy things, but it usually was held for people like Han or the comedic or Chewie or whatever. I think Han and Empire Strikes Back is Star Wars levity done right. Yes. And I think, totally. and I think that and, and th- this levity was a whole different caliber. This 100%. fell into the point of just how tonally off this film felt. It. I, I have an issue with the ups and downs of it and it spikes so high. I mean, some of the cinematography and the action and like the scenes in this film were peak filmmaking and cinematography. And then the other parts were just so deep down in like how grossly off it felt as an experience. Like just watching this film just felt so weird and gross and disgusting. It just reminded me that I was in a disgusting film or a movie theater. And I'm like, is it, I'm like looking around, like, is that a hot dog on the floor? Like, what am I doing here? And it's like these stupid moments and it, it constantly happened. But I do believe that they got a lot of that out of the way for the final act to have more attitude and more... Uh, like other than Luke brushing his fucking shoulder off. That was so stupid, but in such a big moment. So, but I think the last act of this film was definitely the strongest when it came to how they just removed all of that joke and tone 
to make it more serious. So we got through one of your main things. So I want to hear some more of your of your or just just keep going. I, I want to hear more. Uh, absolutely. Before I do that, though, I just want to remind everybody they're listening to Critical Mess. And it's the podcast where some ad guys in the ad business just uh, talk about movies that critics and uh, the people don't agree on. So Sponsored today by Old Elk Weeded Bourbon. Old Elk, holler at us. Yep. Um, yes, and tonight we're talking about The Last Jedi. And so, um, you know, I, I guess I, I one just, this is just kind of a, an observation. We'll, we can just keep going after this. But one thing that s- sort of struck me about this movie, so I, I had seen, I've seen this movie two times. So I saw this movie in the theater and then I saw it last night. And I, I didn't remember hardly anything from this movie. Like it was, I, I forgot the whole thing. And I don't know how, you know, lit I was in the theater that night when I saw it the first time. Um, I, I truly don't. Uh, it may have had something to do with it. It may not have. Uh, but I, I, I do remember not enjoying it, of course. Uh, but I don't remember anything really about what happened except for kind of the final sequence, uh, which, I, which I do remember and was memorable for like, all the wrong reasons. We'll talk about that too. Um, okay, so... I think that, you know, here, here's another thing that I that it kind of pains me to say that is just a general issue I have with this movie that I think we should discuss a little bit. And that is uh, Carrie Fisher in general is is rough. It sounds like she's got a mouthful of toothpaste. It's she's just kind of she's struggling. And, you know, God bless her. She's trying. But it, she just doesn't seem kind of engaged in the way some of the other actors are, I guess. And I, I and maybe it's just kind of just uh, she's older and it's taken me out of it i don't don't really know what it is but i i she was kind of hard to watch for me and you know of course we have to mention the this was actually pretty early in the movie too the infamous kind of space levitation yeah sequence where jedis can fly right is that (laughs) i that was just um I, I, it, 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 it was really rough. I'm trying to find my, my note about it because I'm sure I wrote something hilarious because it was just, um, it was just so bad. Um, I guess yeah, that scene credit, but. in general was, it, yeah, it's hard because we know her, her passing happened while we saw this film, correct? It was, they had filmed it, put it in the can, and they knew she had passed after principal photography and yeah, all that she, stuff. She died before the movie came out. Yes, before the movie came out. So, but they shot everything and then they were wrapping it all up. So they had all our scenes done, which makes me even more confused why they chose to have such a, an incredibly powerful moment when Kylo's having that scene where he has his finger on the trigger to go kill her and he has that hesitation. So he had no hesitation in killing his father. And then he had all this hesitation as he's screaming his ship into that bridge to go shoot it down he hesitates and then she gets blown away flies out whole bridge dies in this super impactful way that she could have died in this film with that little you know moment of hesitation from her own son i think that could have been far more powerful it could i thought that like i legit gasped in the theater when i saw that i was like oh that's how they're going to kill her off in this movie i was like that's incredibly powerful to go do something like that especially when they went back and forth with the close-ups of their faces um, and it was perfectly mirrored as well. So perfect eye to nose, everything from scene to scene. Um, but then they brought her straight back. She goes into the coma with the, the perfect white bandages around her head. Like she had bonked her head, uh, as a cartoon character would. And so 
it's interesting that they went that route and it just felt so off as she's flying or I guess maybe using the force to pull herself back to the ship. I don't know. Um, it, it definitely felt really weird as soon as that happened. You knew it was going to happen because they did the close up on her hand and her face and all that stuff. Um, it was just, it, it was, it was odd. It was uncomfortable. Um, I, and I did find my note and it's, it's really not funny at all. It says she comes to life in the frigid death vacuum of space, like some neuromancer horrific space witch and she's alive fuck this movie seriously i've been drinking a little bit <laughs> i have been drinking a little bit i i will admit that um can i can i please, respond I, yes please talk talk about it because i it, can't I, wait yeah make it make sense please it doesn't as a performance carrie fisher was hard to watch uh i i couldn't i, I didn't like anything she did um however as a character princess leia was required in this movie um, for two reasons that were just both briefly mentioned. The first one, when Kylo Ren hesitates to kill her. Okay. Number one, that shows Kylo Ren's arc tra- uh, taking place. Okay. Um, number two, that also, um, differentiates Princess Leia from Ben Solo. Princess Leia has the force. Ben Solo does not. So she has a force connection with him as he's getting ready to kill her. Uh, been been or Han sorry not Ben Solo his name's Ben Solo Han Solo does yeah. not um, right. so that there, there's your there, that's the first reason that I think that she um, is there number two uh, what one of the one of the best most surreal moments of the film is the culmination of Luke and hers character arcs for the entire series and it's when he comes back as the force projection and everything is 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 lost and you have this devastatingly beautiful interaction between the two of them. It's really subtle the way that she's sort of bemused by him and you can't quite tell if she knows that it's him or if she knows that it's a forced projection of him. And he comes and they have this beautiful moment where they just have this knowing look into each other's eyes, brother and sister who've come through all of this and now here they are at the end together. Um, You needed to have her there for that because of the familial ties and just the force connection that they have that no one else has. Um, sorry, real quick. I, I swear, doesn't that scene just doesn't it start with Luke just making a fucking joke? And it's like a good joke. It's it's a funny joke. You changed your hair. Yes, yeah, right? yeah. yeah. Yes, I, I liked yeah. it. It was cute. Yeah, it, it was, was a it was a nice cute. little. You know, it's Luke. It's it's it just, Yeah, it's those moments that you know it, in that last why? act. It's so intense you don't and have to laugh on every yeah. scene. No, I did, I don't think it was funny. I think it was. Um, it was. Endearing. It was. It was. Well, I think what it was was uh, everything's going to be okay. And it she hands, a, and a, he hands her the dice, right? Yeah, from he, Han. he's he's an anchor. He's basically telling her, you know, hey, you know, it's all going to be okay. And he, and, and here's why I say that because during that scene, that devastatingly beautiful scene, um, uh, that you know, uh, they're, they're backlit. It's great blocking, great composition. The two of them are standing next to each other. That hole that's ripped open and the blast doors behind them, and they're backlit, directly center frame. And um, uh, it's a calm moment. It's frozen in time, I wrote down. And Leia says, I know my son's gone. And Luke says, no one's ever really gone. And so he's giving her hope there. As the general, as the last hope, he's giving her hope. Um, And when he says no one's ever really gone and he's getting ready to walk out there and face Kylo Ren, I get chills. And when I first saw this movie, I thought to myself, what the fuck is about to happen? Like, what how is this going to, to, to progress? And I just, and, and it's, a, it's a moment. It's brilliant filmmaking the way that that culminates. So Carrie Fisher, hard to watch. I wish she could have been cast by somebody else, but 
I don't know, they're, they're kind of stuck there. As a character, Princess Leia required in this movie and I think treated the right way. So that's my response to you. I, I again, when I watch it and I Carrie Fisher talk, I'm just like, oh. Yeah, it, I think they definitely limited her lines for the, I mean, how long did she go without acting? 20 plus years or something like that? Like a very long time. And there are actually, the re- reasons I don't like uh, um, the first film uh, is her, a lot of the acting, but uh, what I've heard is they all were required to go get more acting lessons in Empire Strikes Back before they went and started principal photography for that. Um, but in that scene, I do think it was very powerful for them to come back and see each other hand to hand, even though he was a force ghost, spoiler alert, but, uh, or whatever, force projection, whatever you want to call it. Um, I, th- the hardest thing for me is Leia's character could have easily become far more powerful in her meaning and purpose. And they could have restructured this to remove the Holdo character and use Princess Leia in that situation, I think. And she could have used that Holdo maneuver and it could have been the Leia maneuver, if you will, to finish the whole thing. Luke could have seen a vision of that. Interesting idea. And Luke could have seen a vision of that, felt it, and then that's the reason he came to the fight. Rather than going through Ray convincing him over and over and over again on this island and then going through the goofy personality of Luke or whatever. I just don't think that would have worked because you got one more movie to round out the trilogy. Yeah, and I don't it, think it you can kill tricky, Princess but Leia. It's a, I, I, but that's a good thought, though. Good but thought, she's, good but thought, again, she's but not used in the third film as she's, much. She's used in the all the way to the end of this movie and, and someone in the third film, but she she's a figurehead. Yeah, I agree with that. I, it was very strange how they, they decided to use her in the third film. I need to go back and rewatch it again, but... Um, I thought that could have been more powerful and that would have given Luke a faster, more efficient way to join the fight. He knew that his sister passed. Real quick, did we give the critic and audience ratings at the beginning of this? Did I miss that? I believe I did, yeah. You did? Okay, good. Sorry. I I must have uh, been uh, thinking about Old Elk. No problem. But but for a refresher, uh, 91% with critics and 42% with audiences. Okay, let's keep going. We talked about the, the levity, the humor... The tone, so, okay, the tone wanna, actually tone. So, Tone's a better way to put that. We talk about the tone, talk mm-hmm. about Leia. So here's, I'm going to get another another huge one out there. And then I want to make sure we get to some reviews because I want to um, factor those in because I, re- I really am. I didn't really read any reviews and I, I, I just, I got to hear the rationale here for, for. We, we have a great moment for that because in my sort of uh, arguments for why I like the movie, I've, I've highly integrated some of the reviews. So we'll definitely good, get those good, sprinkled perfect, in. Perfect. Okay. Okay. Um, Here's another huge, huge problem. What top three problem for me uh, with this film, and and I know and and it's and this is ironic because this is and it, but it makes a lot of sense in a way. This is a reason you really like this movie. Um, I mean, maybe not exactly the way I'm going to phrase it, but you know, Luke is just a whiny bitch this whole movie, and it's not. It's the opposite of the Luke I wanted. I wanted Return of the Jedi Skywalker, but times ten. You know, I wanted. You know, I wanted Luke. Okay, so there's a there's a, a quote um, early in the in the. Or I don't actually even remember where it was in the film. It's kind of think, I think it's kind of toward the middle, but I think Luke is talking to. Is he talking to Ray? I think. Of course, yeah, he's definitely talking to Ray. He says, "You know, you think I'll just pull out my light, my laser sword and face down the whole First Order by myself?" You know, and um, first of all, it's like yes, yes, yes. That's what I think needs to happen. That's exactly what I want to happen. And I get they were super clever in the way they kind of did that in the end, but not really. They didn't really, in, in my opinion, they did not pay that off very well with the hologram bullshit or whatever you want to call it. I just, that just drove me nuts for lots of reasons. But, um, 
I just thought Luke, I wanted badass Luke Skywalker to come out and own some motherfucking first Republicers, right? And just and 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 just dominate. And there was not, and he didn't. And like the whole movie, you know, there wasn't even one good lightsaber fight in the whole film. This is a Star Wars movie, and 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 Luke Skywalker in in the Last Jedi is not gonna fuck someone up with the lightsaber. I am offended. So you wanted to go back. You want to go back and rewrite Episode Seven then, because Luke Skywalker, he has gone into hermitage, into hiding, because because that we find out of his absolute failure and he is completely devastated and he is a shell of himself and he's a grizzled curmudgeon. How does that character come out and battle down the entire new order? You know what I mean? Like he's already been set for up to vengeance. be this. He comes out for raw vengeance. Why, why did he wait 50 years for that or, or, or 30 years or whatever? What, what is the catalyst for that? I how do you explain think, what where he's been then? Yeah, I that that to me is I don't think that would be too hard to figure out. I mean, well, I where where, where did you think he was in seven? I'm confused because at the end of seven, that's what my big one of my biggest things was the transition from seven to eight. The literal end of seven is him teary eyed and being super emotional, and they're doing the big giant helicopter zoom in kind of shot, and Ray is handing him the saber or the lightsaber, and. They have a couple shots there, but she goes to hand it and it goes to black, right? And then this film starts and they are closer. She hands him the saber. He grabs it and obviously goofily throws it over his shoulder. I don't think I'm mad at the personality that he became because it, it almost is just a perfect mirror of him becoming Yoda and Jedi finding this uh, this um this issue with balance and finding issues with battling this and that. And that's why Yoda went away. He saw like the discrepancies and like the Jedi order. And then he went off to Dagobah. Right. So I don't know. I don't have an issue with Luke going off and becoming a begrudge. He also didn't go to solitude like Yoda did. He went to an Island with other caretakers and all these things. And he still fought, like sought out the whole Jedi way. But then you have like the end. I don't know if you've seen Mandalorian. Have you seen? I haven't. Okay. No. So spoiler for this, but Season one and two of Mandalorian are fantastic, or season one is brilliant. Season two is great, but it brought back Luke, and I know you've seen it, Brian. So they brought back Luke in that epic way. It was five years after Return of the Jedi, I think, correct? Um, you can fact check that, but I'm pretty sure uh, Mandalorian takes, takes five years. So they have one of those epic scenes for you, and this obviously happens after Last Jedi, after all these movies are out, and I think it was a reaction to them and people saying, oh, I didn't get, like Nick said, it, I didn't get my Luke Skywalker that I wanted. That's fan expectation. I really don't have a lot of expectation. When I sit in films, I usually try to enjoy them while I'm there. Um, I didn't have a lot for Luke. I just was like, oh, that's great that they brought him back. That'd be cool to see him as the the guiding light for whoever the new character is. What did you want him to do? Yeah, no, no I didn't want him to do anything. But, but, but I do but saying, think saying, that he has those badass epic journeys, and they showed it in Mandalorian. And I think it was maybe in reaction to people hating his character so much in this. And I don't think I hated his character, but I did expect him to do a little bit more than piss and moan for two and a half hours. I loved everything about Luke Skywalker in this movie more than any other movie he was in by an order of magnitude. He was a, de a deep, rich, complex, funny, interesting character. And I guess my, I'm saying, I'm challenging you because you, you, they walk up and you get the ending of Force Awakens with the lightsaber being handed to him. Do, do, do you guys think, he, has he just been lost? 
Do you think he, do you guys think, are you saying that he, like, she hands him this lightsaber and he's like, oh shit, here's my lightsaber. Now I can get back to it. Like, no, it's the tone. He's there for it's a the, reason. It's the tone and way, in the way he reacted to it. And I think there was emotion and strength in the end of seven when he's emotional about it and he sees that Han is dead and he sees like his lightsabers come back to him so you, to so, come back to the fight after so he asking, left. So, so what you're saying is yeah. that at that point in time, he should have snapped back to it. No, I don't think he would have snapped back to it. I think there had to be some type of Hey, you, you got to get you back into the fight. We need to get you back to this idea did. that you need to come in. And, and they, they did. did. They spent the entire movie yeah, yeah. developing I do think that, the payoff and he sacrifices that. himself yeah. and defeats yeah. them. I do think that was a great payoff. I don't but understand what other way that could have developed. I think the way they, like, like like Nick said, like the tone of the way his character was built. Like, I know Yoda was kind of goofball, but like, I think Yoda's character he, you could tell he was on that island by himself and his brain was just getting fried from being away from human civilization. And then you have Luke who you can tell he was there and he was mentally all there, but he was making these choices to suck the teat of a seal whale off the ocean. And then he was also- He what, didn't fish- suck the teat. What, he I, milked it. Okay, whatever. Hey, <laughs> it's hey, so you gross. guys drink milk, don't you? I get it, but so, not uh, out hey, of the- Fuck no. You don't drink milk? Hell no. Oh, hey. That's disgusting. Fellow vegan lover <laughs> over there. Definitely no, it, I, I definitely do appreciate Luke's arc. I definitely see where his character came from and where it went. And I do like how he, he died at the end of this film, sacrificing himself. I wish it was in person. I wish it was in a different way. I do think it was creative how they did it. The force thing that they teased the entire episode or the entire movie. Um, but I don't know what you think of all that, Nick, but well, I, we heard what Nick, so, yeah. so, so Nick, Nick, you basically are saying that, that, Luke was a whiny bitch, which I get. I understand uh, where you're coming look, from. Look, you ask, what do I want? I want Luke. I want Luke to lo- use his fucking lightsaber for 10 minutes and, and, and fuck some droids up, man, and, and fight Kylo Ren and, and do some, you know, I like, I just. You should probably watch Mandalorian for sure. Yeah, it's probably fun. I, and I would like to watch that some someday. I, okay, guys, here, here's one. I, I want to do something real quick here, guys. Just, I think this is important. Before we do that, though, I just want to remind everybody this is Critical Mess and we're talking about The Last Jedi. So, um, Here's what I want to do, guys. We're going to do a new little a little portion, a little segment of the show. Okay, it's, wait. Very, it's very cleverly called Flip the Script. Mm. Do we have to argue the other person's side? We do. We do. Oh, I haven't even gotten to argue my side so yet, damn easy it. for you. This is going to be just so easy. It's going to be hard for me and Grizz, I think. That's I'm not kidding. fair because you guys I'm have given kidding. all my answers. Because you guys have no. sit here and shit on the movie, and I haven't even no. gotten to say what's good about it. All right, go, no, yeah. go ahead. Go well, ahead. Uh, no, I'm not going to start. I'm not going to start. When you guys got to start? So, and Grizz, say one nice thing. Oh, I have a lot of nice film. things to say out of this film. I, I actually do appreciate it more and more that I've watched it a few more times, but I really don't think I need to dig that hard to see, as much as I dug into this film, to see all the purposes and the things that Ryan Johnson was trying to do. Um, it it definitely felt like he was throwing like anti-tropes out and they ended up just being tropes in general. And it was just a very tonally off film. But I think it was some of the best cinematography, some of the character arcs. Like, I still appreciate what he was trying to do with um, Ray. And then Kylo is one of my favorite characters across the entire trilogy, hands down. Um, his story arc and his emotional, like, back and forth. Um, I know Darth Vader is, like, one of the greatest villains of all time. Uh, but he was definitely deeper in this film. He had more to worry about. He had more like stakes of like him making sure he proved himself to Snoke and like all the entire first order. But I think in general, he was just kind of showing that he could lead everybody instead of he could make something new out of it and kind of be a balance. But 
he just did it in all the wrong ways. He was just doing it through the the greatest empire or whatever you will. Um, but I don't know. I, I just love, I mean, it's just a beautiful film overall. Um, but uh, I don't know. I don't know what else great I can say, but. I hated the performance of Rose. Um, I appreciated the need for that character, but I thought it was poorly executed. Um, rapid fire here. What's more? Okay. I hated how the entire resistance dwindled down to uh, an amount of people that could fit on the Millennium Falcon by the end. Um, I thought that was a little far-fetched, a little unrealistic. Um, what else? What else? I, I'm going to echo what you said about the tone at the beginning with Hux. I agree with you. Princess Leia, like I've, I've already mentioned that. Uh, so yeah, there's, there's two new things um, that, that I hated about it. Um, I could probably come up with a few more. It's not a perfect movie. So I'm hard pressed here, but I did give it a 21. So there was some, something redeeming here. I really like that space casino shit, you know, where they, they're playing those cool space game. Like what was that space dice game? They were Canto playing? Bite. Yeah. Like, with, with you Justin, know what that is? Justin Thoreau. No, the, the name of the place is Canto Bite. Did, oh. you, did you notice Justin Thoreau? I don't think I did. Cameo? He yeah. was the guy with the, the red. He was supposed to be the code breaker, right? Uh, he was cast as the code yeah, breaker. Yeah. yeah, he's from the Leftovers. Did you ever see that? Okay. No. Okay. Yeah, he. Well, he yeah, yeah, it was a funny cameo. He was. He wasn't even a cameo. He was actually cast, and that was the rumor that he was going to be the the guy in the film. But yeah, he was supposed to be the code breaker. He had the little thing on his chest yeah, and all yeah. that jazz. Um, but, give me more, Nick. I need more. Give me one. Let's give hear me it. one more. Just one more. I mean, I would watch a whole movie about that space casino. Okay, no, it has to be a different one. Did you not like Kylo Ren? Did you? I mean, that's okay if you <sighs> didn't. Just but such I'm just a, like when he was like, remember when he was like pouting when he was about to kill Princess Leia? He's like, he's, a, he's just being a little powder. I just, you think just, he was pouting? He was definitely pouting. His little lower lip all poked out. He, he was looked, emotional. Yeah, he was, but it's just like, he was desperate. You go try to shoot your mom out of a spaceship. There's an amazing moment in that scene where he holds out his hand and she doesn't return her hand. And then he says, please. And that shows the crack in the armor right there. It's a great moment. You call it moping, maybe. I call it complexity. Okay. Well, uh, yeah. that's, right. that's fine. Okay. You, you said Canto Bite. I'm glad you said that. I enjoyed that. I'm it shocked was good as world shit building. that you said Canto Bite. You, you don't bite. need to say anything further than that. I, I Can I say it. one thing that I, in the, in, the, in the moment, once again, I was a little bit inebriated for this last night, so this definitely played into it until I came to my senses today. The lightsaber fight in the uh, kind of the Imperial Chambers or whatever, you know, in the moment, I was like, okay, okay. We got a little lightsaber action. It's kind of fun. It was way too short. Uh, but then I started doing a little bit digger deeping. Or digger deeping? Digger, digger deeping. deeping. Yeah. Apparently the I'm best kind of deeping. That's, that's my favorite deep. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So, apparently, there's a, there's all these YouTube videos out there. Yeah, uh, classic. About the, the, yeah, the choreography and they the miss ridiculous. And, and it's just there really are just like people just dancing and prancing okay. in the background, just like a, like a, like a, like a hip hop video. Yeah. And there's like, you know, they're just like kind of standing there waiting to fight. You could just, just like, you could have just stuck your lightsaber in his back and the fight would have Can, can I just, I'm sorry can to I, stop you. Uh, can sure, I, can sure. I just speak? I just want, I, I thought we were, I was hoping we would all be above this without it being said but let me just say it okay a couple of things about this movie number one it's not a science fiction movie we don't need to worry about if ships maneuvers are correct and what kind of stuff is is, is accurate okay number two 
Um, every movie you can pick apart the fight scenes if you really look at what people are doing behind the scenes. But the I don't, movies did it so much better. I don't think Star Teenage Wars Mutant Ninja did. Turtles is, is a shitty movie. But didn't even the other Star has, Wars movies compare that like lightsaber the, fight to the end of Phantom Menace? What about like every... Even, I mean, I, I'm going to be the defender, but what about like any stormtrooper missing every shot or the one that hit his head in the original exactly trilogy? Exactly my point. So and I think there is like those things that will happen. I will let those write off because that was a badass scene. Because I, I have a friend who his number one complaint about... The Last Jedi is that fight. Really? And, and it's I'm just like, the choreography. I'm like, wait. He's like talking about freeze frame and look at this and look at that. And I'm like, when I watch the movie and I'm experiencing this film that was created, that movie, the way that that's set up, the way that that is composed, the how they're, they go back to back right in the center and they sort of have that look like, oh shit, we're fighting with each other now. Snoke just dies. Stakes just raised. What the hell's happening? And then they do this fight that's very visually striking. To me, I don't need to go back and do YouTube uh, deep dives to yeah. figure out that, oh, this guy over here is not really fighting. I mean, you could tear down any Braveheart you can tear down by what the people are doing in the background. I like, will. I, I, I will. I'm sorry. Dancing by right. himself with his axe. I will. Like, I will. I will. I will. Braveheart. There are at least like fights. So yeah. It's not that I bad. have to say, I have to say, I, I will begrudgingly agree with Nick. I watch a film in its entirety. I don't try to freeze frame or pause or try to go back. The only reason I'll ever do that is to catch a line that was more clear or understand a line. Um, but I don't know. It's, it's strange. The Canto bite and the entire Canto bite stuff. We haven't even talked about it. I can't believe you even like that, Nick, but it was a complete waste of the story. I get, I, they're trying to throw a ton of stuff into this film and those two characters, Finn and Rose were completely wasted. Um, and, but the whole Snoke dying thought it was fucking awesome. That was an incredible moment. I thought it was cool that Kylo just did that. And you could see like Snoke talking about it and saying, he's like convincing like Kylo to go do what he needs to do. And it was not what he thought, which is great. Cause it just shows that he's not all like Snoke was just not all there with like how he thought ahead. All can those I, pieces. Real quick. Can I just say side note? They yeah. killed the most interesting character in the movie. I think he was the most interesting character in force awakens. He I, was, he was about the fourth or fifth most interesting. Yeah, character. I would agree. I, I thought he was more interesting Force Awakens for the fact that JJ does know how to make mysterious characters like the hologram a, thing at the end. He was as and interesting like, as the Emperor was in the original series in that he was just a, a means to an end. Yeah, I, I kind of wish he was, uh, uh, I wish they would have explored like um, what uh, the Plagueisus in Dark the third Plagueis. one. Yeah, There's I wish they would have done that. There's not going to be with an extreme big baddie. I mean, again, it's not, it's, it's... No, that's why I thought it was great. You, I thought it was cool. Obviously, you know, if he, if he was interesting to you, that's, I can't you know, great, good, but um, I, I, I think that he had edge. I, I don't think that he would that he they were even selling him to be interesting in the first movie. You I know, Nick runs just, around on the weekends in that gold robe. Yeah. No, I. There's a lot of things in this movie that I just uh, I think they could have tightened up. It was the longest Star Wars movie, right? Is I think that's still, I don't think uh, the the third in this franchise yeah, it, it did was that. The I just want to I just want to put a button on on it and say that in my opinion. Being being such that this is not a movie like The Raid or The Raid Two or one of those kind of movies. This is a great movies. this the great movies. This is a a this is a a western. You could almost say ish sort of um, a fantasy adventure movie. And I don't require perfect fight choreography for this to be a good movie. So I'll concede it's 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 a nitpick. I will concede it's a nitpick. If it took you out of it though, then that's legit. Well. Didn't last night because, you know. Well, then shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, right. yeah, I don't, I don't even know. And in fact, I will even say that um, I was talking with someone else about this today, and they, 
they brought that up to me the the you know the goofiness of that fight scene which in fairness i do remember remembering the first time i saw it like that that being a whole thing but it did not occur to me last night in my drunken stupor i don't i didn't love in the force awakens the the stormtroopers who had the like the the like the cool you know action fighter moves like to me a stormtrooper is just a mindless drone with a gun who can't shoot that's the lore right I didn't like how the st- these stormtroopers now all of a sudden are you know remember remember how they had like yeah, the, those yeah. those they could they had the lightsabers and they stopped the lightsabers stuff. yeah yeah and now all of a sudden they're these like fighters now that was introduced in Force Awakens so I can see how Ryan Johnson continued that with this Imperial Guard these acolytes or whoever these red guys were but I don't love that I don't want kung fu I actually didn't like Duel of the Fates. I thought Duel of the Fates at the end of Phantom Menace was a brilliantly shot and completely well done, iconic scene. It did not fit into the world of Star Wars for me. The same way that Yoda flipping around with a green lightsaber fighting Count Dooku did not fit into the world of Star Wars for me. The world of Star Wars is not Kung Fu sword time, okay? And that's just old school Star Wars because that didn't really exist yet. All right, expectations. Whatever. Hey, yeah. I hey. did like how they, I do like how they added different elements to the world. There were a lot of things that I thought was really cool that they added to the world of Star Wars. Um, the whole, the Finn's character in Force Awakens was really interesting how they tried to pull back a stormtrooper's helmet and show like that there were people and slaves and, and then, um, uh, what's the new Star Wars? I can't even think of it, but there's a new Star Wars show that it just kind of explores that there's a massive amount of slavery and people getting pulled off of planets to go and work for the empire and kind of build up what they have. Um, and so I thought that was an interesting, but they just kind of wasted his character. But I agree, the stormtroopers becoming more advanced and having these weapons that stop lightsabers was wild. I could see the throne room people, like the red, them having those powerful weapons, but everybody has them. That seemed kind of far fetched. But Brian, I want to give you some time here. I think we've talked a lot about why we hate this movie, and um, and I think Grizz and my point of view generally represents a lot of probably what audiences are, are thinking, we have to assume. But I want to get into some of the reviews and talk a little bit about, um, you know, some of the, the, the better qualities of this film. I'm, I'm interested to, to hear your take on some of this stuff. Something I highly value in a movie is originality. Another thing I, I value is subverting my expectations. I absolutely love when something happens that I did not expect. This movie fully embodied both of those ideas. Um, I'll read you a couple of the uh, critic reviews. Um, and these, I'm, I'm kind of going to, uh, I've got about one line from maybe 10 different critic reviews. I'll read a few of them here because they, they speak to that point. Um, the Observer UK says, as the third act approaches, the crescendo of air punching interludes accelerates, eliciting gasps, cheers, and OMG whoops from an audience whom Johnson treats with respect, affection, and evident admiration. I agree with that. He does treat us with respect. Um, and I think it's respect that we don't necessarily deserve because a lot of Star Wars fans come in with prescriptive criteria. Uh, they want this movie to do something specific, just like you've talked about, Nick. You want Luke to do something specific. You've yeah, but you, you also it. just said that you wanted the Stormtroopers to not be so... I, I'm not saying I wanted them to do anything. I'm saying that's what they did already. So you need to tell me why all of a sudden they can they have these kung fu fight moves. But then you also have like Luke. He was this powerful, crazy, you know, Jedi at the end of Return, and then now he's a skillless person without using his mental abilities to kind of. I didn't want Luke to do anything. I watched a movie where they told me how Luke became, and I went, "Oh, that's cool." I did not need Luke. If if Luke would have come in and destroyed the Empire with lightsabers, I would have gone, "Whoa, that's cool." As long as they as long as they tell me the story. As long as they tell me why that's happening, okay? So I'm not coming into this story 
with a need for anything, any story beats to be hit. I'm coming in going, is this a well-made movie? Is it original? And does it subvert my expectations? Hopefully it does. But can I just say, is an unreasonable expectation, though, of us to not have the most badass of badass Jedis fight a little bit with his lightsaber? Just, just, just for me? I think he like, did, though. I don't know. It's it's hard to say he didn't because he did like he used an interesting use of the force, the whole projection thing. I thought that was an interesting way to expand the universe of force using. But he does use that his badassery like he's sliding around and you see the footprints and all that stuff. And you could tell like all those things. I don't think that's unreasonable at all, Nick. Like a duel. I wanted a duel. What I think is un- I know he fights Kylo Ren, kind of, but you know what I mean? Like I, I don't think duel. I don't think that's an unreasonable want. What I do think is unreasonable is deducting from the movie because that's not there. But that's what I think is unreasonable. A better idea, I guess, unfortunately. For me. For me. Mm. For me, they did. Um, Flavorwire. Johnson's easily the most skilled filmmaker to helm one of these. It's not even close. And it's not just that the film has a surface beauty of its own. He's aware of what we expect narratively from a Star Wars movie and delights in subverting it. And I think right there is the kernel of what this movie does. This movie subverts all expectations so many ways, starting with the lightsaber over the shoulder. Uh, the biggest thing this eighth chapter does is change where things go next in a fundamental way. That is movie freak. Uh, the Guardian, Ryan Johnson, writer and director of this film, took my Star Wars reveries and served them back to me with vast improvements. So there we have the idea of the story developing and not just more of the same. National Newspaper Publishers Association. I did not make that name up. For Star Wars aficionados, this entry is one of the most galvanizing from beginning to end. What an odyssey. And I think galvanizing is, a, is an interesting word that they use there. It's a great word. Um, and then we have just several more Boston Globe. It, it, in short, it feels like a new hope. People are talking about this movie being like a breath of fresh air, okay? And I read all, the, uh, read all that to say, when I, when I stop and think back to my Star Wars journey, the Star Wars journey, you start with George Lucas, okay? He is the creator, he's the creative genius behind Star Wars, right? Um, I don't think he's a good director. I think he struck gold. I think the stars aligned, and I think actually the editing is what saved A New Hope, okay? George Lucas directed A New Hope. There's a rumor that the editing is what saved it. There's a rumor that the first cut was really, really bad, and the editing's what saved it, okay? And I don't think he's a great director because Empire, which is the best movie, was not directed by him, nor was the screenplay written by him. Same with Return of the Jedi, directed by somebody else, screenplay by somebody else, okay? Now you have George Lucas coming back and creating the prequels. I think the prequels showcase a creative genius, a world building, um, a a visionary um, person who's not that great of a director. He directed and wrote all three of those movies. They're mediocre at best, okay? Now fast forward to The Force Awakens. Disney buys Star Wars. Guess what Disney likes to do? Make a shit ton of money. So what do they do? They hire Steven Spielberg Jr., J.J. Abrams, who has already reinvigorated the Star Trek franchise, so they know he can make money. And they go, make us some money. And guess what? He remakes A New Hope. And they make a lot of money. It broke records. Now Ryan John and J.J. Abrams did not write that movie. He just directed it. Now, here we are, The Last Jedi. Ryan Johnson single-handedly writes and directs this movie with no co-writers, no co-directors. This is his vision. He does not have to sacrifice his vision at all. I'm sure Kathleen Kennedy and some people had obviously weigh in. There were parameters he couldn't break, but this was his original baby, okay? And you can tell it was because of how the movie is original and how it subverts our expectations. And I think, to me, 
that's that came off to me when I watch this movie. That really um, exudes um, just good filmmaking. And I, I look at uh, Ryan Johnson's other movies, and just because a director's good at making other movies doesn't mean all of his movies are going to be good. Um, but I do think he's he's a vastly superior director to George Lucas. Um, I'm not going to say he's he's superior to, to Abrams, but he's different. He's a different kind of director. He's an original director. He writes his shit. Okay, and I think there's a lot to be said about a Quentin Tarantino type who writes and directs their their own stuff. So that's my that's my soapbox about that idea of you know originality. Um, and I, like I said, I just read a bunch of um, cherry picked critic reviews there, and I think that was the critics' viewpoint too. Oh, finally, we have a fresh direction. It's not just more the same. And look at what happens when they get a polarized, review-bombed audience. They go back to Abrams for nine, and they give a two-and-a-half-hour schlocky film full of fan service um, to please the masses. And if you look at the reviews, it came off. So Last Jedi, masterclass in not giving a shit about uh, making a good Star Wars movie. Rather, how do I make a good movie? Full stop. That's such a bad take. So please, give me your thoughts on that. Yeah, (laughs) I, I think it's it's funny that you like just ran off for Ryan Johnson. And I think the hard thing is he wasn't just making a movie. He was making a Star Wars movie that also needed to connect to two other movies and a trilogy and a nine set film. And so the hard thing for me is to look at this. Yes, he created a movie. He created a universe. He expanded on it. He meddled some stuff. He showed some incredible, you know, moments and story beats and uh, character building and all these things. Um, but I, I strongly believe this is not a good movie. Like we can talk about the plot and the idea of the chase through space, the whole Canto bite being that took somewhere around 30 to 40 minutes of additional plot line to tell us about Child labor and animal abuse and uh, no, Can- Canto by develops Finn, Finn's character arc, to where he goes from wanting to desert to sacrifice his life for the for the reason. Yeah, but then so. then they immediately stop him sacrifices. I would have loved to see him sacrifice his life in that moment. That would have paid off the entire Canto bite scene for me and the whole character build up for Finn. But no, we had to have that weird thing where Rose comes in, saves the day, and then kisses him, and she says that weird line at the end. I can't. I did. No, you're not talking about Cantal Bite anymore. You, you I know, but I'm talking why. about their character. You're talking about their character building, or whatever. Finn. Sure. But I'm saying Finn's character arc was. I thought he was going to die in that moment. I thought it was going to be far more powerful. But then they just wrote him off. Like he was definitely one of the most interesting characters in Force Awakens, and like the idea of a stormtrooper coming about and like having this moment of like having force abilities. And then um, it's just so up and down. This film is so beat to shit when it comes to the tone and like how we're telling a story. And you touched on all those things and it's it's hard for me to see this as a good film. And I think it's hard because any director in any position is going to have a hard time making a Star Wars film. Well, I think we've seen that historically. I think Ryan so, Johnson's the only one who's been able to pull it off. Everybody else just makes the same old shit. It's still a bad take. I just don't think Ryan Johnson is just like, so I have this review. I don't think Ryan Johnson's great either. I freaking hated his last movie. I don't think it's anything about him. Which I think Glass uh, Onion. Glass Onion. Okay, yeah, yeah. I think Knives Out was a great film. Glass Onion was terrible. My point in that, it could have been anybody. Replace Ryan Johnson with any name. My point is that he wrote and directed the movie. It was not made by committee. It wasn't just him. No, no, no. There were far he, more writers wrote, and collaborators. There's he, far he, more writers and collaborators on this film than just Ryan Johnson. There's sure, no, there may be helpers and collaborators, but he the, he, the story and the screenplay and the directing is solely credited to him. And that says a lot 
Okay. I, I think he's just a very good pitchman. I think he sold this movie to some people and he told them it was going to be this massive thing. So I got to read this review that I found though, because it kind of touches on a little bit of what I'm talking about. The movie leads us to believe that one thing and then pulls the rug out from under us. It doesn't show us consequences. It bluntly tells us that we're wrong with a clumsy line of dialogue. These quote lessons are frequently self-contradictory. There are ways to have things be unexpected, but it requires foreshadowing, exceptional writing, and a lot of work. Even so, even the most intellectual stories rarely use this trick as a frequently and heavily handed as The Last Jedi. The Last Jedi was edgy and creative so often that it turned trope killing into a trope. And I strongly believe that he went so far and he took so many risks in certain points of the film and it felt like every 15 minutes or every 20, like on a beat, like he, every few minutes, he would do something that would just skyrocketed upward or downward away, so far away like from. Like Give me an example. So it, the opening scene, like being goofball and like I get Poe's character being goofball, but you have General Hugs. So he's supposed to beat Hugs, Hux. So he's supposed to be this menacing and he had such a powerful moment at the end of Force Wiggins and he kind of gets chipped down. But then he becomes a strung out, stressed out, weirdo character from the start. Like that was the opening scene. And then you have Finn still like contemplating back and forth of like his personality and what he needs to be doing. He gets ready to run away, but then he gets guilty because this random character comes into play. Um, I don't, it just seems so strange that he took all these risks and I think he did it and he took these risks because he knew that talking about these little beats about slavery and just the weird Canto bite and all these character beats. I think he did it just to get himself into the good graces of filmmakers and critics. And I respect then, a risk taker. You know, I do too, you know, but I think he has to do a it. With, a little company man bitch can go to hell. <laughs> but he has to do it within the world that he's doing it. He did it in a Star Wars film. He can make those risks on his own film and his own world of things that he wants to write and do. Because I think Knives Out is one of my favorite movies of his for sure. So I think it's interesting that he went the Star Wars route and he... He had to play within this world, but he went so far outside of the world building. Even though I liked and I talked about the things that I liked about it, um, he went so far outside of that that it stretched it way beyond its means. I think a lot of the things that he did and gambled with were just a little too edgy sure. for this world. But Can I just uh, mention something about Canto Bite and then I'll throw it back to you, Nick? Um, uh, the Canto Bite, a code breaker sequence, I think... Um, was highly necessary for a lot of reasons, namely Finn's character arc, but it also introduces a lot of nuance and complexity to the universe. And I think it gave us the Codebreaker, love that character, because he called out the whole concept of really who are the good guys and the bad guys. He has a couple of really great lines. One of them, good guys, bad guys, made up words. I freaking love yeah, that but Anybody could have said that. They could have cut that whole 35-minute scene it, uh, it and one it, other person could have said yes, that. Yes, anybody could have said that, but yeah. he's the one who said it. So you da, have da, to da, have da, a da, character da, da, DJ? that says that. Yeah, yeah. So, and then he also says, Finn, let me learn you something big. It's all a machine. Live free, don't join. I think that's such a, an interesting take, you know, because everybody's talking about one side I don't. Know, yeah, I don't disagree with that. That was a great scene. And the yeah. other one he says is, take it easy, line. big F. They blow you up today. You blow them up tomorrow. It's just business. And, and then Finn says, you're wrong. And he goes, maybe. So, great nuance there. Why, I'll tell you a shitty nuance with that character was that stutter. The stutter was annoying. Yeah, yeah. the DJ. And that was one of those things that... Is a is lazy screenwriting that they tried to tack on something to that character that so they'd be memorable, right? This guy's got a stutter, so you'll remember who he is. And it was just lazy and forced, and it was just once again a little detail, but just kind of exemplified to me why this movie sucks. Yeah, that 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 probably took it down 0.2 percent of a of a percent for me. Ten points yeah, for me. me. 
Yeah, and, and if a stutter brings it down 10 points for you, that might say a little something about your rating. No, I also, I actually agree with that big time because I think the stutter was placed in there forcefully by Johnson to make a point for the whole thing and make a, a whole scene out of it and make a whole perspective. Like, you had to notice it. We're to, talking about to, the lighting in Rocky now. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, mean, I don't think we, no, <laughs> we're, we're talking about how this Canto bite scene was a complete waste of no, time. you're talking about the stutter. About all the it things that took us out of the movie. Yeah, it took us yeah, completely that, out that, of this that film. That made this movie, um, you know, that ruined it for us yeah this, it's it, so it might have been a small thing to you to me it was something that i just kind of ruined the movie for me so now i will say well, i it loved was, it was it was small I, but hey important. you know what I, I i have to believe you if a stutter ruined the movie for you no okay. no, no it wasn't the stutter that ruined the movie i, th- I think like 50 things <laughs> it was yeah it was a lot of things but i think what i agree with you in is a thousand cuts i guess right is definitely the the portion, the portion of that that he says there are both sides of this battle. There are people fighting both sides of it. There's not just dark and light anymore. There's a ton of gray in between. So I appreciate that they expanded on that world. Again, I think it could have been said by literally anybody in the, the rebellion during this entire movie. It could have been Leia. It could have been anybody. Um, but they had to create a character, make him goofy, pull in this entire world. And then there was no payoff for Finn. I don't, it's like That's the hardest thing. I really wish his character had died and that was one of those moments where like, oh, why, that was an unbelievable character arc. They actually, there was a purpose for this whole scene and then they stopped it. And then I can't even remember uh, like what Rose passes out at the end or whatever. I don't, she doesn't die there, does she? No. no. It's, it's a weird. It's yeah, like, it was it's like, like the weird, like she closes like, her she eyes and falls over. Yeah, you wonder if she died. You kind of get happy for a second. You're yeah, like, maybe, yeah. She <laughs> maybe she did. But I, it was so hard because I really wished that he would die to that moment because it would have, it would have, for me, it would have made... Uh, that entire Canto bite scene far more interesting and you know more powerful for somebody to pass away from that the gray areas of the like the the good and the bad side and people selling the what was the ships that he showed and he showed like the different tie fighters and x-wings and stuff like that uh, you're hard pressed for that to happen this is this is the middle movie it's hard it's hard to kill off characters I know, agree yeah they tough. they could he was one of the what top three characters in the film or you know the full franchise yeah there's no way they could have. Um, so again, it's just a tough spot for me to believe in that character's purpose for that. This is Critical Mess brought to you by Old Elk Whiskey. The best elk is an old elk. And we're talking The Last Jedi. We are indeed. And I, um, before we, we get to our conclusions tonight, guys, I'd like to get to our rapid fire round um, where I'm going to just um, say a few things. And I just want a, a, a genuine, um, but keep in mind, rapid fire, rapid fire. Reaction. Grizz, rapid fire. Here we go. One word only. Think machine no. gun. Got it. Okay. Here we go. Um, they killed Admiral Akbar. Fuck this movie. I didn't even realize that. Minus 30 points. So we're down 40 points already just because of the stutter in Akbar. So it was a... Oh, wow. That's a lot of points. A, it was a, it was starting with a, with a bit of a deficiency there, but reactions. Wait, when did they kill Akbar? Um, it's mentioned by... I believe it's mentioned by... Um, it's either Laura Dern's character or Princess Leia. They show him on the bridge, kind of and then the bridge the gets blown the movie. up. It's just, it's just like, we lost some good people today. We lost Admiral fucking Akbar. Yeah. So this movie kills Akbar. Yeah, they have a uh, quick reactions. scene where he sit, he sit, looks at the camera, and he cuts away, and then you know he's on the bridge. And okay. Then, yeah. Uh, my reaction to that is I didn't even notice, so I guess um, prescriptive criteria-based, I'd be sad because Admiral Akbar is amazing. It's a trap, but... What a shame this movie would do him such a disservice that such a big fan of the film didn't even notice that he perished. He's dead. He's gone. I I don't care. I'd rather I'm watching a movie. I'm not watching. He was a movie. cool action figure, but I think that <laughs> I don't I don't need Star Wars. I don't need Star Wars to live. 
I'm watching a movie to see if it's a good movie. That's my real. That's my response. I don't care if somebody dies. Harsh. Next. Grizz Akbar, did you care? I uh, no, not really. It took a lot of breakdown videos to figure. So maybe that plays into my. If we were in a debate right now, I would have a much different response to that. By the way, but like we're 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 talking about how good of a movie this is, so I kind of have to keep my sort of you know yeah 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 my response in the realm of how good of a movie is this. Yeah, for sure. Uh, next, Laura Dern looks like she has two necks in this movie. Sure. Um, I'll have to go back and pay attention. Um, I hated her hair. Yeah, I and still believe that she, that entire character could have been replaced with Leia, and I think that could have been a stronger. I disagree. Beat, but I, I disagree. I know it's such a hot take. That see, is a hot take on my see, part for sure. Princess Leia, Princess Leia, subtly backs Poe. If you watch the way that she responds to things, she is in Poe's corner, which is again what gives her her character nuance. Holdo's the far, um, the far leaning, like this is the way we do it. Yada yada. Princess Leia has the soft spot for Poe. You know, it's it's it. Yeah, because she does go back and forth with her. Like she's yeah. like, oh no, you need to not be a flyboy. And then what, five minutes, the next scene, she's like, all right, go for it. Go, go blow some yeah. shit up or I whatever. Think, yeah, the line was go blow some shit up. I yeah. think those two characters did need to be separate, but um, uh, you're probably right about the next. Yeah, and I'm sorry. I don't mean to, to um, you know, make fun of her appearance, but the the I hated her character so, so much that I just had to say something snarky. Um, okay. Uh, generally speaking, there's a couple of uh, pieces of dialogue that I was going to call out here. Rose, I wish I could put my fists through this whole lousy, beautiful town. Still think Canto Bite was wasted, and it was completely useless. That's a bad line. That's a really bad so line. So was her any line. Well, I got to look up. What was her line when she died? Didn't she say, we have to do this for love or something like that, and she kissed him? There was something like that, but I agree. I that know, her but, lines were in general were just all bad. But what Nick just said, I mean, did you hear that, though? Oh, like, it was all, I had it written sense. down. I have it written down That's as well. Bad. It's awful. My fist through this whole lousy, beautiful town. <laughs> and just uh, simple, but also bad. Luke, reach out with your feelings. Oh, I felt it. Uh, I think that's an homage to to um, to Empire, though. A lot of that was. Yeah. That, that, yeah. That's been said. That was said by by Obi Wan Kenobi. Nick. So um, agreed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Agreed, yeah. I, okay, I can, I can. Yeah, I, can, I assume you're right about that. It doesn't really but, make sense, but. At least it's not like just some new thing Ryan Johnson wrote. Sure, sure. Now, he did have a lot of callbacks yeah. to Empire, which I do greatly appreciate. I need to go back and watch Empire and see where the comparisons are. Um. All right. Uh, shirtless Kylo Ren has his pants hiked up past his belly button. What a dork. His pants are almost up to his nips. It's a galaxy far, far away. A long time ago. Ooh, That may have been how they wore them. Just the hiking them all the way up. I mean, he, he hiked hiked those. Yeah, the little cummerbund that he had 50s. going on. Didn't they? Didn't they? Isn't that how they did it in the fifties? Yeah. Y- yeah, it was very fifties. Yeah. Yeah. Very daddy o. Yeah. He was looking pretty hot though. Oh yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna be honest with you. I really actually don't get the uh, appeal of Adam Driver. I don't. You know, I he's he's not. Um, he I just he doesn't. I don't think he's sexy. I don't think he's a sexy man. I don't either, except as Kylo Ren, for some reason. I don't think in any other movie he's been like this kind of like hunk. But for some reason, as Kylo Ren, he's like, he's baller. I don't know. He's, he's, yeah, he he's plays the part well. But it's just like, I guess like I, there's like women are just fawning over Adam Driver. And, and I, I guess I just. I are they? Get, get, oh, 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 yes. oh, are you Which kidding women? me? Oh, all What are women. you talking all about? Women yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, the memes, the oh, gifs, like everything. I mean, he's yeah. like top. He's like Channing Tatum level. Like, yeah. Have they like, seen Silence? Highest. By Martin Scorsese? Yeah, probably not. 
They need to. Because <laughs> they'll, they'll, they'll bring that right back down. Yeah, probably not. Anyway, it seems like a cool guy. I think he's from Indianapolis, right? Um, or I heard some sort of Indianapolis tie. There's might, ties, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, don't I don't think he's actually from here, but he used to live here or something. Um, so cool. Yeah, Adam, we love you. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't get it. Uh, what else? What else did I want to talk about? I guess. Oh, here's a here's a here's I want to say a really nice piece of dialogue that I actually like. Probably the most pro- uh, profound line maybe in the movie it was delivered by by Yoda. We are what they grow beyond. That is the burden of all masters. That is a gangster line, and it's yeah. delivered in perfect Yoda cadence. And it's like you know you have to think about it for a quick second. And you're like, mm, yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a good one. So that, that's a that's a really good scene. That entire scene of him and Luke, so cathartic. Um, it's so it's so oddly peaceful. Um, it's reassuring. Brings you back to your roots. And yeah, there, there's some really really good quotes in there. Um, uh, more more kind of fully, uh, Yoda says, um, "Strength, mastery, but weakness, folly, failure also. Yes, failure most of all. The greatest teacher failure is." And then, yeah, he says, Luke, we are what they grow beyond. Yeah, very good quote. Yeah, Yoda has some good lines. C-3PO, on the other hand, what a fucking waste. Honestly, he didn't have one good line in the whole movie, and, and he was just such an important part of those original films. And that, that was another big knock for me, was how they just how they treated 3PO. I agree with you. I wish he would have been in it more. I love 3PO. One of the funniest scenes in the movie was when Leia said, wipe that smirk off your face, and he says, I shall certainly try. <laughs> very good, very good. <laughs> Yeah, not a single good line from him in this movie. Well, that one. That was that uh, line. That was about well, it. Well, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I mean, I guess that was that was a decent line. But no other good ones. Yeah. Yes. Unfortunately. Yes. Um. Man, I'm gonna lay one other line of dialogue out here. Hope is like the sun. You can only believe in it when you see it. Laura Dern quoting Leia. And then I wrote in parentheses, "Heaven help us." So it's okay to stare at the sun. I I just. I don't even know what that means. There's just, I think there's just some, I think my point is clear. I think there's some shitty dialogue in this movie. Um, I think most di- Star Wars is not known for its dialogue. I think that's a, ba- that's a bad line of dialogue that's trying to say you need to trust me and it should have been done in a better way. And I agree. I don't think that Star Wars is necessarily known for its dialogue. There are some some equally poignant moments though in this in this movie that we talked about. Um, and, and another one that I'll say is um, uh, one, of the, one of the best lines is when Ray... Um, when Kylo and Ray have defeated all those guys and, and, and Kylo's like, say it, you know, you know, say it, say who your parents were, say it. And Ray finally admits they were nothing. She thinks her, her family was nothing. And Kylo says, your parents are filthy drunk traitors. Your parents are dead in a pauper's grave in the Jakku desert. You have no place in the story. You come from nothing. You are nothing. I thought that was super powerful. And I love that. And he says, but not to me. And I think that's a yeah. really, really so powerful one of the line. coolest things about Kylo in, in general, and they showed it in The Force Awakens. Like I never caught it before, but he has that wound on his side when he's battling at the end, and he's punching it. Did you guys ever understand that was him making himself hurt to get more anger and to get more power? Yeah, that was and good. I think it was such a cool thing that he used that again in this film and continued to build on it. So I, I just really loved his character in the entire film. It's time to let old things die: Snoke, Skywalker, the Sith, the Jedi, the Rebels. Let it all die. Ray, I want you to join me. We can rule together and bring a new order to the galaxy. I love that. That's like a he kind of meta commentary on on sort of the new direction this this uh, movie's taking. So, all right, I've got one last piece of dialogue, and I'm going to stop. Okay. When uh, Carrie Fisher and and Dern say, "May the Force be with you," at the same time, 
Oh, wanted, you're wanted, so right. I Nate. wanted to shoot myself. You're so right. That was cringe. A hundred percent cringe. Then they smile and Laura gives her that big goofy smile and he just like, <laughs> don't make me get, have these nasty feelings. Ooh, it, totally agree. Mm. The more they said it in this film, I, I as a Catholic background, like, and also with you, like they always yeah. love, like, I always peace have like with in my mind, yeah, peace be with you and then always with you. And it's like, it always think of that when they say it. And they said it so much in this film. It just kind of, it got that me. That might be my my least favorite moment of the entire movie right there. That might be it's the one. Bad. Icky feelings. I guess this is just a, a little note that I probably should have made earlier, but something that also, else that sort of just bothered me in general about this movie was uh, Chewie. He looked really fake to me. And I think, you know, I guess I'm just being nostalgic for the originals, but just the, you know, the full prosthetics, the the real costume, as opposed to that kind of CGI. I mean, was I he CG this, in this? There was a, there was, was a lot of, were CG. there some, I don't have to go back and look. I don't remember for him sure. being like a massive part in this film. He was massive there in the was first one. There of Chewy CG. Interesting. And, it, and, it, and I noticed it a lot. Because I know there was a, a part where they, um, they pushed his character and the actor changed. The actor passed away that originally did him and they actually used him and then they changed to a younger, newer actor mm -hmm. somewhere in this trilogy. I can't remember where it was, but maybe there was something that they changed there. Um, all right, guys, one or two more here. Finn going full Independence Day, full Dennis Quaid. How do we feel about that? I'm back. Yeah, I really wish he would kill himself, but we've um, already talked about that. I... I think for all intents and purposes, he did kill himself. I mean, the fact that he he, you could, he clearly was sacrificing himself, whether or not he ended up dying, I think the point remains that he sacrificed himself. Um, it's weird that he didn't melt as he's getting so close to that beam. It's also, it's also weird, weird how, how Rose just slams just into him in another ship. Crashes and into him at full like speed. Like, too, like, that was just an absolutely ridiculous. Those Nobody open gets or bruises. The open cockpit ships. That um, and then also, what's that even going to do? It's just, the, the gun, that gun's just going to melt his ship. It's not, it's not like he's going to like... And also, not a single bullet could hit him as he's flying slowly towards that gun. There's like a million you know, people shooting and he's just like on, on his own. But again, we're not getting into the, into the weeds on, on, yeah, calm down there, Brian. you know, so, yeah. but I, I'm, I, so my point is I'm going to agree with you, but that's, I don't detract from. The yeah. I have that. another note here. I want to scream into a pillow. Um, what were you drinking? <laughs> Tequila? No, actually I was drink. I, I was drinking. Um, what was I drinking? I was drinking, uh, Modelo's. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was just keeping it real. Um, Here's something. I'll I'll throw an I'll throw another bone here. I'll throw another bone here. It's a it's a small thing, but the uh, in the um, the Imperial Guard, um, you know, Royal Chamber fight scene, the 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 whip lightsaber that was super boss. Like I I thought that was a cool, and I wanted more, and I didn't get nearly what I wanted out of that. But I thought that was a cool idea. This yeah. is a cool little lightsaber implementation. All right, guys. Well, um, I think that um. You know, this has obviously been a spirited debate uh, and, a, and a good debate. Um, I would like to, to do some, um, you know, just some, some closing thoughts, I think, um, about unless there's anything, any other major themes or, or things that you guys just really wish we, we would have talked about. Or maybe we take it on to a part two and, you know, a couple dozen more episodes. Yeah, I mean, we, <laughs> we, could, we, we could, could go, go on today. I mean, so, and, you know, like we said at the beginning, we, we could pick this apart. For, for, for hours yeah, and has, everyone yeah. has and, and that's not what I'm interested in doing I'm interested in looking at this from how good of a movie is this full stop mm -hmm. um, I don't care how good of a Star Wars movie this is I want to watch a movie 
Um, I think that, uh, you know, these movies are free to sort of take the canon in any direction that they want because they're not based on pre-existing source material. You look at a universe like the Marvel universe, and those are built on comics that were already written. They can't do whatever they want. They have to follow a formula. These Star Wars movies, they can do whatever they want. They can go in any direction they want. Let's do new stuff. Ryan Johnson did new stuff, and I laud him for it. Um, I'll give my sort of three main reasons why I think this movie's good in, in summary and in, in kind of conclusion here. Um, one of the things that I love about this movie is how complex the characters are. Um, Kylo Ren, the interplay between Luke, Kylo, and Rey, that's the engine that drives this movie. The interplay, the, the push and pull between them, the way that Luke is so surprised that Rey goes right to the dark side and he won't train her. The way that Kylo is grooming her and how they have this connection that, that Luke walks in on. Who's going to do what? Where are people going to go? What's going to happen? Really complex, really nuanced stuff. Um, I uh, There's a lot more that I could say about the characters. We've hit on a lot of it, but um, very, very complex characters, and I love a complex character. Uh, number two, the story is very well crafted. Um, I think I love how it reveals uh, the, the, the uh, Luke and Kylo backstory segment in, in, in sort of three parts, sort of a withholding of the truth, a, a um, bending of the truth and then a full truth, how it's talking about when Luke um, goes in to sort of kill Kylo. I love how that's revealed. It's revealed in a very knives out kind of way, if, if you will. Um, a lot of other really good things about the story, just, just the arcs that people have, uh, really great sequences. There are some amazing moments that happen, um, but just, uh, just, just a good story. And then number three, I, I said it's just a good movie, um, regardless of it being a Star Wars movie. It's a good movie. It's a fun adventure. It, just, it explores deeper themes, great VFX. Um, the suspense is very high, uh, great pacing, great dialogue. There are some bad lines in the movie, but I think that the, the, the deepest, most poetic lines are the best ones. And then um, the stakes, the setups and payoffs are, are, are huge. Uh, there, and there's even little moments where they bring in like the Emperor's theme from from the original series when when they sort of uh, during Kylo and Snoke's uh, showdown, um, and and I just love those little um, Easter eggs, but yeah, just a really good movie. It's made well. Those are my three main things. And I and, and if a movie hits all three of those to me, it's gonna it's gonna score really well. And then then if there are an amazing moments like the Holdo maneuver splitting through the fleet, like just the the just sheer um, VFX of that, the artistic. Um, uh, presentation, the sound design of that. We didn't really talk about that scene in particular. That was probably the coolest scene in the movie. Oh, man. Just and, what a moment. And that's a theater. That's a yeah. Yeah. Theater yes. That yeah, oh, that, was, that, that had was to be the most... Epic. I do yeah. remember like, just being like, damn. Yeah, awesome. it was a powerful moment to have the whole theater go silent for that space moment, the explosion, everything. It's great. There you go. Thank you. See, so you could have said that during the flip the script scene. You could have could have talked I could have about. I had a couple. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. yeah um, so there you go. That, that's my that's my con my concluding thoughts of the movie. Um, those three things that hit it for me. Uh, it was a good movie, and yeah, um, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna rewatch it till the end of time. Yeah. I probably won't rewatch it for a long time, but I do. I did grow in appreciation for this film. Uh, in the few watches that I additionally did, I really dug into it. I gave it a little bit better credit than I originally did. Um, the stakes were definitely there. I felt it, this, it felt big, like the moments felt powerful, all those things. Um, but yeah, just totally, it was just so up and down. I can't stress that enough. Uh, at least for me personally, it just felt weird to go in and out of it. Um, but I think that's what one thing that Rise of Skywalker just completely failed at. It, it felt it, they went for scale and they just showed a bunch of shit rather than 
showing something that was felt powerful and looked powerful and all those things. So I give a lot of respect to this film, um, in the rewatch. Um, but still, yeah, my 45 at hundred is still sitting strong with me. Maybe 20 years down the road, I rewatch all these and they've already released two more trilogies. I'm sure I'll have a different opinion, but, um, can I just get, can I just say real quick that I deeply respect what you just said, because people love to have an opinion on this movie and, and, I think Nick, you you have very valid reasons for hating it. I have valid reasons for, for for liking it. At least I think so. For somebody like you to actually say that you've sort of changed somewhat one way or the other, a lot of people are not. A lot of people don't do that. Yeah, because I they're think, too entrenched. Yeah, and so I, I think, respect the fact that you would even have a category for that. Yeah, so. to push forward eight points or eight percent in my review and kind of find those things and find those story beats and like those character arcs and all those things. Um, I think I was looking at that with such a critical eye. I was also like looking at how I would re-edit it and like find ways that it would just kind of help this be a little bit smoother. You could make this a two-hour film and cut out a lot of things and just make it more efficient and have even more power, I think, with kind of slowing down certain portions. Um, but yeah, that's, I mean, I definitely respect a lot of the stuff you talked about. You looked into the character beats and all those things, like the character story, all the arcs, everything. Um, so I think that's very interesting. I'll definitely go back and look at each character individually every time I watch this film. So, Nick, what do you got for us? Final thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think you know, ultimately, I'm kind of a a simpleton at the end of the day. I I I, I couldn't really even, I'll admit, follow this movie all that well, honestly. I think they were trying to do too much, um, and maybe it's maybe honestly, some of it's because I just didn't didn't care that much, and I and I maybe was being a little too cynical about it all, although I tried not to be. But I think ultimately the most important thing and the biggest takeaway for me was I had absolutely no fun with this movie. I had no fun. I didn't have a good time. It didn't deliver what I look for um, out of a film. I was checking my watch every five minutes. Um, I needed breaks. Um, you know, the I, I, I do appreciate that they, Brian, I, the thing that you really like about the movie is or one of the things are, are the, the risks the movie took. It took some big risks with some very important characters. And I think in some ways there was some success there. Um, but um, for me, uh, and I appreciated that at least, that they tried. And in my opinion, they tried, but they but those risks to me did not pay off. Um, so um, I think the, the really, really to, to get to the crux of it, you know, Luke was very disappointing to me, and I get why, you know, you liked Curmudgeon Luke. Um, I hated Curmudgeon Luke. I wanted young, vibrant, uh, full of energy and virile and, you know, just slaughtering stormtroopers, you know, Luke. That's what I wanted, and maybe that's wrong of me, but that's what I wanted just as a fan, as a viewer. No, I don't think that there's right or wrong. I think yeah, I, I, I mean, just think that's what I, I wanted. I, I wanted that, and I didn't get, get any of that. And in the other big thing, you know, I think we kind of started this podcast by talking about was just for me, the tone was just way off. It was all over the place and it was over and over and over again. It was consistently inconsistent with the tone. Um, and, and I think, you know, in, in the characters, I didn't, you know, I thought Ray and Finn in particular were really weak. I didn't think anything a lot happened with them. I know we didn't really get into this all that much. Um, but I just didn't think they were, they were very interesting. I didn't think they changed much or, or, or much. And I don't think there was a lot of interesting. I think you could argue that, that, that Kylo Ren had kind of an interesting arc and a kind of a nuanced arc, but I think you could also argue that it wasn't that interesting. Um, I, I, I was kind of thinking about that. I think you can kind of go both ways on that. 
But here, here's one other kind of little final thought. I think I would have actually liked this movie a lot more if it wasn't a Star Wars movie, um, if that if that makes any sense. I, I think the, you know, for, for one, the original movies are just too special to me and they just mean too much to me that this, that, and that will never be replicated. No, how, no matter how absolutely stunningly Citizen Kane level perfect this movie could have been. Um, we, it never would have gotten all the way there. Um, but I, 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 I just, I, at the same time did just, you know, hated this movie so anyway and i made that pretty clear and i i want to say one thing real quick i think that i i don't i i disagreed with some of the things you said but i think a lot of what you said really distilled drinking that down uh i may be down to like a 91 after sort oh, of, after sort, sort right. of hearing, okay. oh my god, we did it! Some of the stuff you said, um, <laughs> we, we broke them down. <laughs> just, well, no, I, in I'm, the review, I, I, I mean, I, I don't. I'm not going back on anything I said that I liked, but I also think that hearing, like I said, everything you said, distilling it down all together, it's like, wow, there were there were actually a lot of things that I didn't like about the movie that I, I guess I didn't really realize how many things I didn't like until you sort of put put well, words to them can i say part so, of it is i think you looked at this movie uh, in particular on a more global level you know kind of thirty thousand foot view and i looked at it more at a, a sort of a granular you know level that i was picking it apart right and um for better or worse i think that's kind of how we were we were looking yeah. at this movie yeah i think i think you might be right i'm yeah I'm, i think i'm gonna sit right at maybe at a 91 Right at the critic score on Rotten Tomatoes. Is, is that, that what it was? Is? I think is that what it was? Something like that. No, but that's but, not. But that's I'm not beginning. saying the critics are saying it's a nine point one out of a out no. of ten. That's just ninety one percent generally favorable. Yeah, it's it's hard because I think they busted out and they had this big plan to come out with a movie every year and then shows in between that. And I think they diluted this brand very quickly after they purchased it. But they, I mean, they waited what four or five years after they purchased to come out with a massive amount of things. Um, even though I love some of the Mandalorian stuff and, you know, uh, some of the new shows, it's, it's hard to like, look at star Wars now and, and all the things they're doing. It's hard not to think about. I guess what I'm saying is I, I still loved it, but I'm validating. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm accepting because like, you're right. There's too much for it to be a 93. I feel like. I, and after this conversation, I am going to drop my score drop four more points. Good. To 17. <laughs> Good. I was hoping <laughs> you'd do that. I'm, gonna I'm, st- I'm playing. I'm going to keep it at a 21. I'm going to stand steady at 45. I can't go any higher. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm going to keep it there. All right. Um, so um, we, we are very happy uh, and appreciative that um, you guys have listened to us. And if you made it this deep into the episode, um, you're awesome um, and bless you. Uh but we, we hope you'll you'll join us here in a in a couple weeks when we're going to do another episode and um and here's the thing so we we've had a little bit of a debate about what movie we're going to do here in two weeks and um, we we've got it down to two we think that um, it's time to do a, a comedy and we've we've got it between uh, the classic Chris Farley comedy Tom Chris Farley comedy um, that rhymes Tommy Boy. Um, which, um, well, I won't spoil it, but we all have opinions on. And um, again, real quick, I should say, you know, this, did, did we, did we mention at the beginning of this that we flipped it for our fifth episode and we're doing a high critic, low audience? I'm not audience. sure we did. I'm so not sure that's a good note. this is a great time at the very end to say that, uh, we intentionally, every five episodes, we're going to try to do a high critic, low audience. That's why this w- was, was such, but so we're back to our standard low critic, high audience next. So Tommy yep. boy, is it something like a, like a 48 
eighty something. We'll, we'll tell you what it is next yeah. week. But so yeah. there's Tommy Boy, which is low critic, high rate, high audience, and then also there's Tommy Boy, and then we've got Van Wilder, the Ryan Reynolds um, vehicle that um, you know. Once again, I've got I've got strong opinions on. So uh, what we're gonna do here is uh, we're gonna we're gonna flip a coin real quick. I'm not even gonna flip a coin. I'm gonna go Tommy Boy. All right. I already oh, made the choice. Okay. Yeah, hey. I'm gonna. Right. I knew this choice from the beginning when you guys talked about it, and I knew I was gonna throw it out there at the end. So you're welcome. Um, Tell you what, if we get three ratings on Spotify or Apple Podcast between now and Tommy Boy recording, we will do Van Wilder right afterwards. Might do a double feature, uh, just do them both back actually, to back. Actually, I have to run that by my colleagues because I just, yeah, I've seen them. Later. I think we should do, like it. if we get actually comments and quite like people to subscribe to the channel or whatever on Spotify or Apple Podcast, if we see somebody interacting with the channel in any way, shape or form in the next couple of weeks, I think we should absolutely do a back-to-back episode. We'll film both of them and just say, fuck it. If we see people wanting that, because Van Wilder and both Tommy Boy, uh, I mean, Tommy Boy, I think we all hold dear to our heart. So I think that would be a fun one to kind of pull together at the end. So so and, if we, and Tommy Boy is at um, a, oh, I just had it up. Yeah, there it is. 41 critic, 90 audience. So that should be a pretty good one to do. 50 point difference there. All right, Tommy Boy. Love it. If we get 10 ratings, we will do the next episode buck naked. <laughs> 10 ratings, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yep. No video, but we will be naked. So just You'll be able that. to sense the tension. Yep. In the room. <laughs> so rate us, please. Uh, you'll be able to find us on uh, Spotify, Apple Music, uh, Google something. Everywhere. Uh, everywhere. Anchor. That's something, right? Uh, actually, no. Recently, Spotify has completely taken over Anchor, so they are now just Spotify for podcasters, is what it's called. So yeah, just Spotify, and yeah, that's it. Excellent. Well, yeah. So we had some fun here tonight. Uh, you know, I think we kept it pretty civil overall. Uh, we had a we had a good debate. Um, I I enjoyed it. Um, and and I just want to say, you know, thank you again to our our faithful listeners. You guys are awesome, and we love you, and um um and thank you for the support. And we are deeply grateful for each and every um, one of all four of you. Um, but we, we do love you all. And um, until next time, this has been another complete and total critical mess. See ya. Later. Later.